Dan O'Dowd, former general manager of the Colorado Rockies and now an MLB network analyst. How are you, Dan? Stan, how are you? Great I'm to do- have you again. It's so nice to reconnect with you, buddy. It is. It's always a pleasure to talk to you because we do go way back into the early 80s in Baltimore and Memorial Stadium, back when you were on the business side of baseball, which I'll bet you now that you're an, an analyst on, on MLB Network, that really helps that business side experience. Well, you had that as general manager as well, but that's so much of the game today, isn't it? Actually, Stan, that experience helped me throughout my entire career, really understanding what everybody else did. Um, you know, and the blessing I had with the Orioles back in the 80s, I did everything. I started in sales, picking sales and marketing, community relations, helped with Bob Edward build the broadcasting network via the radio broadcasting network, negotiate the first um, cable deal. I mean, with HTS, I mean, it was just a wonderful experience for me, and I really Honestly, it laid a great foundation for me to really understand the game from the inside out. Well, that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on. Maybe you can identify what are some of the market forces as we're a week away from the winter baseball meetings that have slowed things down. There looks like a tiny little log jam may be getting released right now with a couple deals over the last couple days with relief pitchers, Boxberger, Pettit, and uh, Johnson trades and signings. What do you think has been behind the slow market so far, Dan? Yeah, I think there's a number of things. Um, You know, one, I think Stanton has played a role in it. Uh, It's unique to have that kind of player available in the market ever. Um, You know, number two, Otani, I think, has played a huge role in it, as very rarely you get a chance to get a shot at this type of player in the financial position he would put you in, which is, other than the posting seats, fee you're getting in that minimum dollars. And then on top of it, Stan, maybe the most important part for me is that clubs are just, there are so many teams that are filled with smart people (laughs) that are studying historically uh, free agent contracts. It's not a pool that you want to swim in that often. Um, You really don't want to go there unless you have to. And I think clubs are really being smarter about, you know, the type of dollars and commitments they make. Um, to these type of guys, and, you know, I think they've become very hesitant right now to meet the asking price that have been put out there, I'm sure, by their representatives. And not that I want to spend a lot of time on our, our short window here talking about it for this year, but does that look like a major market correction that's going to have uh, to be addressed the next basic agreement between the players and management? No, because I think you'll see next year's when I, I think it's all about the quality of the players. Okay. You know, when the Manny Machados and the Bryce Harpers and the Michael Trouts and the Josh Donaldson and those kind of players hit the market, there'll be clubs. They'll spend a huge amount of money to bring those particular players in. I just feel it's that next step down player right now. And, and hey, the new CBA with the, you know, the luxury tax has played a role in it. Those clubs that are currently payors into it, they don't want to become second and third time payors because the penalties are you know, extremely exorbitant for them to deal with financially. So I think all those factors and, you know, Scott Boris represents. I was, I was just getting there. Go ahead. Yeah. He's got JD Martinez, Arietta, Hosmer and Moustakas. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he controls really this class of free agents. And he historically is a guy that takes his time working through the process. Uh, He sets asking prices out there and he does a thorough job of explaining why 
he does what he does, and you know he doesn't come off those numbers very easily. Hey, we're fortunate enough to have you the day before. We're taping the day before we go on the air. The Stanton rumor is that the Giants would give up second baseman Joe Panic, a solid player, and prospects Chris Shaw and Tyler. Is it Tyler Beatty? Is that how you pronounce Tyler it? Tyler Beatty, kid yeah. from Vanderbilt, the number one pick from Vandy. Yep. Now, I understand that uh, apparently the Giants would take on about 250 of the $295 million, but are Shaw and Beatty – prospects that that make this deal make some sense for Miami in light of the type of money the Giants are taking on absolutely I mean though the Giants system is not uh, flush with what you consider high-end prospects BD is number one and I believe Shaw's number three uh, in their rankings and uh, BD's got big-time upside Stan like with any young pitcher you don't know until he begins to you know mature at the big league level Shaw has got a ton of power. He's really a first baseman. He's stuck behind Brandon Belt. Um, but they're legitimate guys. I mean, they're guys given an opportunity, could be solid contributors or, or perhaps even better. I'm not understanding the panic fit at all for the Marlins. To me, if you're going to make a trade of Stanton, you've got to really, you're in a rebuild mode. So for me, a Christian Royal, you know, another young player mm-hmm. that I think is their second best prospect in their system would be a better fit because you're now looking more down the road than you are in 2018. Help me understand something with Otani. How have the teams like the Twins and, say, the Rangers, or I guess every team that I, that you, you read attached to him, how have they scouted Otani? Do they have scouts that they've sent over to watch him? Yeah, yeah. A lot of um, people have a, a full staff of uh, – what I'd call far, far Eastern scouts. So they scout Korea, Taiwan, and Japan, but mostly Japan. I believe the Rangers haven't missed, or even the Blue Jays for that matter, hasn't missed one of his last 20 starts that he's had, you know, at the big league level. And uh, I think all the teams that have interest in this guy have scouted him heavily. Now, 2017 is problematic because he hardly played. You know, right. I think he had 111 at bats and he only had 25 innings pitched. So, you really would have done your work on him prior to this year to get a really good feel for what you're buying. Have you seen some video of him as a hitter? As a hitter, I know as a pitcher, it sounds like he's yeah, a have. can't miss. Yeah, I believe. Here's my issue with Otani. I, I believe he can do both very well, um, but I don't think he can be exceptional in either unless he commits to doing one mm-hmm. or the other. From an offensive standpoint, he's got some Bellinger in there for me. Um, strikeout rate's a little high. He's 23 years old and never really committed to hitting. He does have good eye-hand coordination. He's an exceptional athlete. Uh, his power works to all parts of the field. So I believe if he said, listen, I'm going to commit to being a full-time position player, he's got a chance to be an all-star. I believe he's got a chance to be a top-of-the-rotation starter. Uh, I think he's got a Jacob DeGrom trying to give you a comparison yep. that kind of stuff. I'm just not sure he's going to hit the ceiling of either of those roles unless he commits to one or the other. Dan, suppose a team says we're going to commit to him as a hitter, but every once in a while, 10, 15 times a year, if you get into the seventh or eighth inning, he could come in to face somebody. We've never really seen that attempted. Do you think right. that could that could work at I, all? I, Stan, I think it has a chance to work as a reliever. Yep more than it does as a starting pitcher. Um, the problem this young man has is that, you know, it's a blessing in the fact he's so gifted. 
and it's a curse in the fact that he's so gifted. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, he's looking at himself saying, well, you know, I could do both. But the reality of it is, if he's going to be a true number one, which he has a chance to be, he's got to commit to that. And that's where he has a chance to make his most money and most impact in the games on the mound. All right, we're talking with Dan O'Dowd of MLB Network, former Rockies general manager. I want to move over to the Orioles. Uh, Dan Duquette, who I know you know pretty well, uh, yep. had, a, had a chat uh, yesterday on the, uh, the hot stove talk with uh, yep. Rock Botko. It sounds now like Britain is going to stay an Oriole unless they're overwhelmed. Is that more a situation you think that, that he's just not as valuable because of the injuries in 17, or if he were totally healthy, they might really be able to get a really good package for him. You know, Stan, you and I have talked about this in the past, and Dan's interview made it very clear, which I think is great. Yep. Uh, he was totally transparent, and I think people in positions of leadership get a lot more out of doing that than being vague. I mean, they want to win. And if you want to win, having that guy healthy and closing mm-hmm. and then backing up your bullpen makes your search for starting pitching so much easier because they can go attack a guy, for example, like CC Sabathia, then who actually has been, you know, was really good for the Yankees last year, but maybe at a stage of his career would be a great fit for the Orioles because he doesn't necessarily have to face that line at the third time consistently, start in, start out if they have that kind of bullpen. And so Dan made it very clear they're trying to win. They feel like they're open. Their window's still open to win. They're going to add to the club to win. If they're trying to win, it's very difficult to move a guy like Zach Britton, even if he was coming off of a phenomenal year last year, not a inconsistent year because of his injuries. We could talk all day about Machado. I'm going to leave him off to the side because I don't think the Orioles are going to do anything really soon on that. But I've got to ask you, his comments about scope – where he said that's a discussion for another day. We want Jonathan Scope here during his main years of his career, and we're seeing that right now, but that's a discussion for another day. Why let Jonathan Scope perhaps become a $200 million player uh, if he has another monster year this year rather than try and tie him up now as a $120 million player? um, The way I read that, though, Stan, was – Maybe that's just Dan wants to get through the heavy lifting of the winter first. Okay. And then in the spring where a lot of these contracts get negotiated, these extensions get and get done with the players you control. So I read I read into that that that's when they'll approach him okay. about a multi-year extension. I didn't read it the same way you did. Maybe you're right and I'm not. No, maybe um, you're right. But I do I'm believe not. that they, they need to start locking up some of their younger, good core players because – you know, it's really difficult when they reach the stage that Manny Machado and is at to be able to retain them because they're getting so close to free agency at that point in time. Hey, some of the big names on the free agent market as starting pitchers, Alex Cobb, Lance Lynn, Jason Vargas, they've all had Tommy John surgery. If you're the yep. agent for any of them, do you allow Peter Angelos to get to the point that you're close enough to even sign where he pulls you in for that, that uh, physical that is so tough for the Orioles to uh, get people past? No. So so you you would agree with me that Cobb, Lynn, and Vargas don't even – their agents can't look at the Orioles as serious players. Unless they have no other options. Unless okay. the market's not there. And the Orioles are certainly then the highest-priced opportunity that's out, out there for their client. But beyond that, that would – probably be the last resort I would go to unless I could have an independent 
arbitration review of my client's uh, elbow. Just a couple more questions. Uh, quickly, some names. Tyler Chatwood, Miles Mikolos, who I guess some teams think could be the next yeah. Colby Lewis, and R.A. Dickey on a one-year deal. How do those things sound to you in Baltimore? I like Tyler Chatwood a lot. I like him a lot anywhere. He's the youngest free agent starter on the market at 28 years old. He's got, if you look at his home road splits from Colorado, his uh, road splits are, I think it's the fifth highest, yep. best uh, road ERA in the game since 2016. I'm biased. I acquired him in a trade. I so know that. I freely yep. admit. He's a good athlete. He's got some Tim Hudson in there for me. He's a great gamble for the Orioles. Um, I don't know much about the Nicholas uh, guy that's coming back from Japan. You know, R.A. Dickey is what he is. Yep. You know, he actually pitched the second half of the year extremely well uh, for the Braves, and he gives you innings. That's the one thing you know from R.A. is you're going to get innings. I really like Sabathia, though, for the Orioles. Right? Is there, is there, really, a, is there really a way to get him away from the Yankees? I don't know. Yeah. You know, I don't know, but... To me, he's like, you know, behind Gosman. You know, the bottom line is Gosman and Bundy need to take another step in their yep. careers. Gosman started to show that, but he's never done it for an entire season. He does. He needs to do that. But, you know, if you could slot a guy like CC third in their rotation and then you use your dominant bullpen to protect him because Buck is just exceptionally good mm-hmm. at doing that, you know, I think then it takes the pressure off your ability to go ahead and fill out the mini rotation. But there's no doubt, Dan has got some heavy lifting. He's got a hole in the outfield he's got to figure out. Um, he's got to create some infield depth he's got to figure out. I mean, he's got a lot of things to do this winter, and I don't think financially he can fill all of those. So he's going to have to be creative in how he goes about doing it. Last question for you. I know you read, like everybody, uh, MLBTradeRumors.com. The other day they had a piece where the Tigers are apparently interested in in Chris Tillman and the guys that write those lead stories, not the, not the links there, but the guy there was projecting that the Tigers might consider a one year, $10 million deal for Chris <laughs> Tillman. Am I, was I off my Yo, rocker? I think to, the I, one year, right? I'm not yeah. sure about the 10 million. Isn't Maybe he like he a three, isn't he a three and starts like 35 games and yeah. pitches 200 plus innings. Yeah. Um, all incentive based. I do think Tillman, if healthy, um, is a really good gamble for somebody as a bounce back. It's just that with a shoulder injury stand, you know, I don't know I if know. you know he's going to be healthy. So that's why the contract has to be long. All right. But you agree with me. That's lunacy to think somebody's going to guarantee that's him lunacy. 10, yeah, $10 million. Yeah. All right. That's lunacy. That's why it'll probably happen. <laughs> All right. Danny, uh, we know you'll be down in Orlando. I won't make yep. it this year, but have a great time. And I really appreciate your carving out some yes, time yeah, for that, us. Yeah. Very Merry Christmas to you and your family, and I appreciate you having me on. All right. Thank- there he goes, Dan O'Dowd, MLB Network. Thanks, Dan.